Good evening. This is a presentation of Movement Radio. Welcome to another edition of The Hauntings of. And now, here are your hosts, Chip Hazard and Talon Williams. <laughs> Hello again, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of A Hauntings of right here on Movement Radio. My name is Talon Williams alongside Chip Hazard, and today, ladies and gentlemen, we will be discussing the hauntings of North Carolina. So, Chip, what can we look forward to in today's episode? Well, when you look at North Carolina's geography, it almost seems as though it was made for paranormal stories. There are the mysterious mountains to the west and seemingly endless creepy marshes to the east. It certainly makes for an interesting backdrop for local ghost stories. So why don't we go ahead and dive right in and learn a little more about North Carolina's ghost stories absolutely and the first ghost story that we're going to be talking about today is the demon dog and this is in i mean i know already know i'm gonna butcher the hell out of this city's name uh valley sir crucus i'm gonna say it's crucus valet crucius what you said now <laughs> yeah that's nice, yeah uh so the story linked to Valley Krushkas is not quite a ghost story, but it is certainly it does certainly qualify as paranormal. The area in the area is said to be home to an absolutely terrifying demon dog who chases cars and manages to keep pace with the car no matter how fast the car is driving. Local legend states that if you drive past the old stone cemetery high in the mountain town of Alisiska, then the de demonic dog will leap out from behind one of the headstones and begin to chase you. Witnesses have claimed to have seen the hellish creature who say who, who have seen the hellish creature, I'm sorry, say it takes the form of a large black dog with glowing eyes and yellow teeth. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, never heard of a demon dog before. So that this one's this one's new to me um yeah what are you thinking uh well first of all i'm thinking that uh if i'm going you know like 90 miles an hour and this dog's running next to me i'm never going through this place ever again <laughs> right uh secondly it also sounds uh a large black dog with glowing eyes and yellow teeth i mean that's literally could be anything right um you know, uh, is it a wolf? Is it a, a, a an actual dog? Coyote, maybe? Um, a, a coyote. I mean, you know, how fast are these people actually going? It says no matter how fast you're going, but how big is the road? How fast can you actually go? You know, there are variables to this. So, uh, right. but then again, you also think like how big is the dog too? I mean, yeah, they say it's a large black dog, but what do they define as large? Well, see, when I think of a large black dog, I'm thinking a Rottweiler. I'm thinking, you know, a big, you know, like a Doberman Pinscher or something like that, like a big dog, you know. A Great Dane. Yeah. You know. So. So. Yeah. Um, hey, wouldn't it be kind of fucked up if it's like you you, you hear like some, there's like a black chihuahua with glowing eyes. A chihuahua, I would believe, be honest with you, because them things are evil as hell. They are. <laughs> huh? They are. They, they are evil as hell. Evil. They are evil as hell. 
They said Jack Russell Terriers are bad too. Now Jack Russell Terriers are just hyper as hell. I think I literally believe that Jack Russell Terriers were born with meth in their system because they're just fast every single day. Um, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, they they have to be. But anyway, uh, yeah, I miss I miss that dog so much. Rest in peace, Jesse. Anyway, all right, so you got the next one. Yeah, next up, we're going to talk about Paint Rock in Hot Springs, North Carolina. Now, now Paint Rock is located on the spectacular scenic Appalachian Trail, and it has one of the most interesting pieces of folklore in American history. Interested already. Mm -hmm. Uh, The legend goes that men camping near the area woke up to the sound of beautiful singing. They were lured by the siren song and found themselves looking at the reflection of beautiful Cherokee women in the water. Pause. I, I, I hear that. And the first thing I think about is, do you remember the, bro, uh, the, the, the movie? Oh, oh brother. brother right there? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Mom's going away. Ain't daddy's going to stay. Man, man, you made me want to want to, I, I want to watch. I want to go watch that movie now. <laughs> I, exactly. I watch that movie exactly. in a hot minute. Uh, but I, I, I heard that and it was initially, that's what popped into my head. They turned like, into a corn toad. From... <laughs> <laughs> yes. He was like my favorite yes. character in the whole movie. Anyway, uh, anyway go ahead. So I'm sorry. It, it, it further says that they were compelled to reach for the women, but as they did so, some unknown creature pulled them into the water and drowned them. Now, hikers and campers are careful not to stray too close to the water by paint rock for fear of meeting the same fate. So I'm going to assume the locals don't go to hot springs to, you know, swim in the uh, swim in paint rock. It, it, it definitely doesn't sound like that. Yeah, it, it it sounds fabricated, but at the same time, I mean. How how deep is this, you know, water? You know, like how deep is it? You know, obviously deep enough to where somebody could stand in it and not, you know, go completely underneath. But you never know. Uh, <laughs> uh, this one's yeah. I mean, going through I me mean, even in our travels through North Carolina, there's really not been a whole lot of craziness, you know, except for you know certain areas you know down you know maybe you might see somebody dressed like barney five or something but uh <laughs> um but yeah this um e- when it says even the hikers and the campers are careful not to stray like i mean could it be more like just a lure like like a like a like a story to like that you tell the little kids or something kind of like pumpkin head you know what i'm talking about it, it definitely sounds like that but it also I, like it. There's no other information. When did this happen? When did it start? You know anything like that? So right. I'm wondering if somebody just watched. Um, oh, brother, we're out there one night and was like, "Hey, we're gonna tell this story like it happened here." Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. So, so the next one that we're gonna be talking about is Lydia's Bridge, and this is in Greensboro, North Carolina. One of the most haunted places in North Carolina is Lydia's Bridge in Greensboro. Local legends state that a young woman named Lydia crashed on the bridge on her way home from a dance with her date. Her date died on impact, leaving an injured Lydia alone and trying desperately to flag someone down to help her. Unfortunately, no one came for help and Lydia also died. In the years that followed, 
it was said that Lydia's ghost stands on the bridge, flagging people down, only to disappear when the car gets close enough to, to make a stop. Other versions of the story say that the, that drivers would actually stop and pick up Lydia and drive her home, but on reaching the house, she would vanish. Whoa, hold on. Wait, did I read that correctly? Holy shit. And if the door was knocked, and if the door was knocked, her mother would explain that she died years ago. The bridge is no longer in use, but plenty of visitors still stop and search for Lydia. The fuck? Hold on. Okay. okay. <laughs> that's, 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 that's crazy. Okay, so first of all, uh, if I pull over and I pick up somebody and I can see them and hear them and talk to them, and I pull up to the house they tell me to go to, and I'm like, okay, I look over and I'm like, okay, you know, here, here's your your house or whatever, and there's no one there. I'm not going to knock on the door. Hell no! Hell no! And, and why? I mean, why would you do that? First of all, whoever answers that door is going to think, hey, this motherfucker is crazy. <laughs> right? Absolutely insane. Like, And who's, the, who's uh, to say the person that's still there is the mother? You know what I mean? Right. So, um, <sighs> excuse me. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to leave there. And I'm I'm coming straight to the insane asylum. I'm like, <laughs> hey, y'all y'all need to check out. I'm going straight to the hospital. I'm sorry. Right. Hey, hey y'all need to check out my head. I, I think I might have uh, a tumor or something. <laughs> Here's what just happened to me. And um, I mean, y'all got to tell me something. Yeah, they be looking at you as like, oh, call the police now. <laughs> you know. But anyway, um. But yeah, I mean, that, right. it, 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 it's crazy that, and even like they even say, you know, oh, they, he, they, you know, the ghost tries to flag you down, but then once you get up there close enough to her, she disappears. I guess that's the better alternative than actually having a ghost inside your car. You know what I mean? Most definitely. Or what if, or <laughs> go with me on this. It's stupid, but go with me on this. Let's just say for whatever reason, you're driving to the house that she says, you get to the house and you realize, holy shit, I'm next door to this these people. Oh shit, you know, or something along those lines, you know. Um, right, yeah. What if you live next door? Yeah, or across the street, like, or like two streets over, or something like it. That's weird as shit. I don't know. Yeah, because then, like, what you you know, you 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 lay there and you wonder, like, I hope she don't knock on my door, like you know, like I just right. seen her on the bridge. I don't know why she, you know. But anyway. All right, so, I mean, if you look at the bridge itself, I mean, the bridge looks, it does look abandoned, you know. It's got a whole lot of graffiti on top of it. Class of 2016, yay! Um, you know, and if anybody wants to take a look at this picture, Chip, where can they go check it out at? Uh, obviously, you can check this out at hauntedrooms.com. We're not sponsored. One day we hope to be. Yes, indeed. Shout out to Haunted Rooms America for uh, supplying us with this list today. All right, you got the next one, Bubba? I do. The The next one up is the USS Battleship North Carolina, and this is in Wilmington, North Carolina. Now, I've actually seen this one before, so... <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Um, so, it is widely regarded as the most haunted location in North Carolina, uh, and it goes on to say it, it has been featured on Sci-Fi and A&E's Ghost Hunters. Yep, I remember it being on that one. 
Um, now, that, I think it didn't it kick off. I'm don't mean to interrupt. I think it kicked no, off your like episode. I think it kicked off like the third season or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. I'll I'll you go ahead and keep reading. I'll search. Hang on. All right. So if you're an avid ghost hunter, uh, a fan of the paranormal, or just love watching the TV shows, then this event is not to be missed. Enticing paranormal fans from around the world, the ship is a real hotbed of paranormal activity that never ceases to amaze even the most hardened skeptics. Okay. Mm-hmm. So commissioned in 1941, the USS North Carolina was a formidable weapon for the United States Navy, striking fear into the hearts and minds of the enemy. Responsible for saving countless lives during the Second World War, she earned 15 battle stars for her military actions within the Pacific War, making her the most decorated American battleship of World War II. Holy shit. Mm, that's very interesting. Yeah, it is. Hell yeah, it is. We are all for history here on the on the on the the hauntings of ladies and gentlemen. As we say, you're either going to learn something or laugh your ass off in the process. Right. We like to provide both. Sometimes it doesn't happen, but yeah. yeah. And sometimes, if you're listening to this, this particular uh, series, you get freaked the fuck out a little. So there you go. Exactly. So in all. USS North Carolina steamed over 300,000 miles, carried out nine shore bombardments, sank an enemy troop ship, destroyed at least 24 enemy aircrafts, and assisted in shooting down many more. Its anti-aircraft guns helped halt or frustrate scores of attacks on aircraft carriers, although Japanese radio announcements claimed six times that it had been sunk, it survived many close calls, and near misses. Holy shit. Despite her playing a key role in every major offense during the Pacific War, only 10 men were lost and 67 were wounded. One of the most devastating attacks she suffered was the Japanese torpedo strike that hit the post side on September 15, 1942, tragically killing five of its crew. Now a floating museum, she sits proudly in the harbor of Wilmington, North Carolina, paying homage to the veterans and the countless people who lost their lives during the war. Yeah. You remember you remember driving like I don't, did you actually go to the museum part of this or did you just drive by it when you got when you when you when you went through Wilmington? I just drove by it. Yeah. But, but just at this as you went by it. Did you feel something different? Did you feel like, man, all the like the history behind it, like everything like that, man, like that that ship was been in so many crazy battles over the years during World War Two and like you kinda like envision yourself being like in that ship and like what it could happen. You know what I mean? Um, uh, I, I never felt that, but I, I definitely was I, I I felt a sense of pride and awe right when I seen it. Yeah. Uh, the only place that I've ever personally been to where I've got any sort of eerie feeling was when I went to Ground Zero in New York. Right. Um, it was. It. Uh, I, I should have told this story last week. Uh, you can go, we you did, can tell you can tell it this week. It's all good. Uh, when we did the New York episode, but um, I I went there on a business trip. And um, I had, I finished 
my business like super early, like by 9 a.m. And um, my flight home wasn't until like 9 or 10 o'clock that evening. So I had an Uber driver take me to Ground Zero. And then I walked from Ground Zero all the way to Times Square because I wanted to see a lot of scenery in the day that I was in the city. Right. I, I don't blame you. So um, when I got dropped off at Ground Zero, it's like there's people hustling and bustling and it's it's like super loud uh, as I'm walking to like the monument that is or was um, the World Trade Center. And uh, when you get there, it's like it becomes eerily quiet. Like there's people everywhere, but you can't hear anything. Uh, and then there's like this big monument with um, a waterfall in it. And as you get closer to the monument, you notice the etched in it is the name of every single person that died the day of September 11th, 2001. Um, and One thing that I noticed was um, there were roses placed at certain spots around the monument. Uh, And it come to find out that the roses indicated that it was that person's birthday. Holy shit. Yeah, so I'm literally sitting here telling you the story and I'm getting goosebumps. Dude, I'm getting goosebumps listening to it. Um, Man, we should have told that story last last episode. Yeah, Yeah. it it, uh, completely slipped my mind until just now. But you know, hey, it's better late than never, though. We get we get we get a good story out of this thing. So, um, if you guys don't remember anything else from this episode, remember that story. So, yeah, um, that that's literally the only time in my life that I've like felt any sort of like not not discomfort. but like like there was something other than me at some place right so right okay i didn't, uh, I didn't mean to, i didn't mean to cut you off and go into that story but no um, no 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 we're good yeah uh so now we're going to talk about some of the paranormal reports of the USS North Carolina right so one of the most common paranormal sightings is believed to be a young sailor who died in the September 15th attack with apparition often being seen in the battleship's washroom. As Hmm. well as his apparition, there have been several sightings of full-bodied apparitions of other sailors. One common sighting is of a young man with blonde hair who is often seen heading down passageways. Other apparitions have been witnessed lurking in the shadows, looking through portholes, and appearing around corners. Hmm. Um as well as sightings of these apparitions, people have also reported hatches and doors unlocking and closing by themselves, lights being turned off and on, sometimes on command. Oh, shit. Uh, People are regularly touched. Objects are often thrown. Disembodied voices heard. Items have been known to disappear, only to reappear in other locations, and footsteps are regularly heard in empty passageways. Um, also, EVPs are regularly captured. Yeah. Crazy. Yes. Um, so, 
<clears throat> if you want to go uh, to the USS North Carolina, um, you can. Uh, there is a package on hauntedrooms.com that includes an entire night investigation with the Haunted Rooms America team. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Yes. Uh, they, uh, you have tickets to the daytime tour of the ship, which is between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m., exclusive access to all the most haunted areas, and VIP access to the torpedo hit area, normally off limits. Huh. So normally you can't see where the torpedo hit this ship, but if you take this tour, you can. Um, a psychic medium is available, private readings at the discretion of the medium, uh, use of the latest and greatest paranormal equipment, free time to conduct your own investigation. Also, uh, you will be provided snacks and refreshments, and it says in parentheses, only the very best brands available. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. So, um, yeah. So, so, so basically, I'm getting, I'm getting Starbucks coffee. I'm getting fucking Dunkin' Donuts. I'm getting damn, uh, <laughs> McGriddle from, 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 uh, fucking McDonald's or something like, I'm getting something. Right. Like all the best in the world, right? <laughs> yeah. But, um, let's see. And <sighs> see, tickets, it says that trick tickets are extremely limited. Um, and as of right now, they are currently out of stock because of COVID-19. It says we strictly adhere to social distancing measures and safety guidelines on our events. Right. So right right now, they're completely sold out. Uh, but do check hauntedrooms.com if you would like to um, book a tour of the USS north carolina yeah it's uh, definitely something you want to check out yeah yeah so uh talon what what say you about this whole uh ordeal uh it, to, to me i mean anytime you're dealing with any type of history um you know that anytime history is involved with a haunting especially world war ii you know there's always going to be the paranormal you know involved um right you know um anytime like i mean especially you know when it when it but it says that during the most ba during the battles they've only they only lost 10 men and only 67 were wounded and it's still you know carried out over you know a three hundred thousand miles worth of you know missions and things of that nature like that's a testament to the to the greatness of the uh the navy who you know commissioned the ship uh right. and the great team um as far as the apparitions go, um, it it doesn't surprise me that <clears throat> excuse me, it doesn't surprise me that you know a war vessel would you know have haunted people on it. You know, um, you know, with the people seeing the apparitions, and you you think to yourself the 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 young man with the blonde hair that they see going down the passageways, could he be one of the ones? who passed away in, you know, where it talked about the tragedy of the five young men who uh, lost their lives in, on, on, on the attack. Um, you know, could they, could he possibly have been one of the ones who, uh, who died in 1942 or, you know, could it be well, another, he, you know, it, it, it does say that the, uh, 
they said there was a young sailor who died on the 15th. Yeah, you know, yeah, he, he's the one in the washroom. Yeah. But then there's the blonde, the full the full apparition, uh, blonde with blonde hair going down the breezeway. Was he another one, you know? Um, and how often do, you know, does he appear? Does he only appear at a certain time? Does he only appear around the time of his death? You know, right. Places like that. So, uh, but the one thing that uh, does, and always does uh, throw up a red flag for me is how they try to use it as a money grab. So right. how much of this is true and how much of it is fabricated. Right. Um, so right. that, that always, always throws up a red flag yeah. for me. Especially, especially for, you know, anytime it's like, Oh, this is a ghost <clears throat> tour. And it's like, ah, okay. So what are you trying to scare us with now? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But anywho. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me, but I got choked on a pretzel. But anyway. Uh-oh. No, I'm good. I don't need a George W. Bush myself. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Shout out to you, uh, W. Anyway. So. W. <laughs> yeah. So the next thing we're going to be talking about on this episode is the Queens University. And this is in Charlotte, North Carolina. Now, Queens University is one of the most haunted locations in North Carolina, and for many, many years, students have claimed to have experienced paranormal activity in the building. Common occurrences include doors opening and closing by themselves and knocking sounds that cannot be explained. It is widely believed that the haunting uh, can be attributed to a former student who committed suicide in the school after her, her parents learned that she was in a relationship with another woman. Ooh, okay. how far back does this go then? You know, because former student who committed suicide in the school after her parents learned that she was in a relationship with another woman. So obviously she basically either like she was probably in the closet about it. She didn't want it to too many people to know about it. You know, obviously that she, you know, was a lesbian did not want her obviously didn't want her parents to know and if she had very strict parents or very you know parents that didn't believe in homosexuality then she, she would probably felt embarrassed and you know maybe to some degree like unworthy of their love in some cases and we, we again this is all mental illness related so you don't really know exactly um what it was that contributed right you know just different things um, you know, maybe she felt that, you know, her parents would do worse to her or something like that. Who knows what it was? Um, that's honestly, this isn't really scary to me. This is more of like a, a tragedy in a sense, you know, that this, agreed, you know, this girl committed suicide <laughs> after her parents learned about her relationship with another woman, you know, to me, that's like, Again, how far back does this go? I mean, because obviously, like what we talked about a couple of weeks ago, the LGBT, the LGBT community has grown leaps and bounds over the course of 20, 30 years. Um, so this had to have been at a time when, you know, LGBT people weren't as accepted as they are in today's world. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, it, it's... It reads more tragedy than uh, paranormal, right. in my opinion, but, um, yeah. 
yeah, it, it, it's just sad, you know. So hopefully, yeah. you know, people will understand, you know, that, you know, yes, I mean, th there's going to be things in your life that you got to go through, you know, and, you know, it's like the old Good Charlotte song said, you know, hold on if you feel like letting go. It gets better as you go, you know. Correct. Um, you know, so anyway, you got the next one, Bubba? I do. The next um, the next one is called Teaches Hole and is on Orca Coke Island in North Carolina. There you go. So everyone has heard the legend of the legendary pirate Blackbeard, right? Iron matey. <clears throat> All right. Well, he was well known from tales of his adventures at sea chasing down ships and pillaging their cargo. However, few people know that he was beheaded by the Royal Navy in North Carolina in 1718. Interesting. I, didn't, I did not know that. Uh, yeah, I, did, I thought Blackbeard was just, you know, they said the legendary pirate. Like, I thought it was all folklore. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, he was he was beheaded by the Royal Navy in North Carolina in 1917. And today, people who visit Teach's Hole on Orca Coke Island say that they have heard the ghost of Blackbeard groaning as he searches the shore for his missing head. <laughs> like, so Blackbeard the pirate turned into the headless horse, pretty much? <laughs> uh, essentially, that's that's what I get from this. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Can you imagine, can you imagine, like, you just... You, you you're you're on the island and you're at teacher's hole and you're just like oh man this looks great who who who's that dude with the big ass beard on the beach you know like well who is who is that right and then someone just walks out and is like oh that's Blackbeard he's just looking for his head and they're like what what the fuck did you say what you know so I don't know this one th this one's a little different <laughs> this one just yeah. just a tiny bit different. just a tiny bit different it, it, I do find it interesting though that he was a real person who was beheaded by the Royal Navy like yes man that's 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 different like they went back like that's medieval times like you you be you, you mean you cut his head off you you had well you could have shot him in the head you cutting them cutting people's head off I mean, this was in 1718. So. Yeah. Barbarian, just barbarianism, you know? Yep. Savages. Anyway. Um, so the next one we're going to talk about is the Great Dismal Swamp. And this is in Northern Border, North Carolina. The picture looks, you, you might find it weird. The picture that they provide looks freaking awesome to me. Like, it really does. It looks like, it looks like a fucking, like, not Bob Ross, but it looks like a fucking like picture you'd see hanging up in like a fucking art museum or gallery or something like that. It looks pretty, pretty freaking sick. Yeah. But anyway, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, oh, okay. Never mind. Oh, wait, <laughs> no, no, wait, wait, wait. Pause. Okay. What are we pausing Ooh, for? Somebody's brackets busted. Oral Roberts defeated Florida. Oh, wow. Yeah, a number 15 beating a number two. Seven, I'm sorry. Number seven. Wow. Yep. 
The number 15 is making it to the Sweet 16. Sweet. Okay. You heard it here first on Movement Radio. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, the Great Dismal uh, Swamp, and this is the northern border of North Carolina. So the Great Dismal Swamp covers over 112,000 acres along the northern border of North Carolina and into Virginia. It is open uh, between sunrise and sunset each day, and the sprawling cypress forests and waterways have a very creepy aura about them. Visitors often report feelings of unsettlingness, of uh, feelings of being unsettled, and there have been multiple sightings of strange lights, ghostly mist, and shadows, as well as a report of unexplained noises. And unfortunately, that's all that I've been given for this particular one. Um, you know, um, so I mean, obviously, you know, swamps are you know creepy enough places as it is. I mean, how many times have you heard about the swamp people on fucking different <laughs> different you know television shows and movies and shit like that? Um, right. But yeah. So what do you think? What do you think about this one? Um. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> there's not much to think about, but I mean, still, <laughs> there, yeah, there's not much to think about. I mean, um, the feeling unsettled. Uh, I mean, I think you kind of get that feeling in any swamp, right? Because there could be a gator anywhere ready to eat you. Yeah. Um, multiple sightings of strange lights. Uh, I mean, that could be anybody or anything. Somebody walking through with a flashlight or whatnot. Um, ghostly mist uh i mean you you are on a swamp there's always mist around water right um so yeah uh, yeah i'm i'm a little i don't know i'm a little in about this one honestly yeah. i was expecting a little bit more than what i've given you know yeah i was a little in about that yeah. one all right well let's boost so, it, let's boost it up a little bit you got a whoa yep. okay that's a freaking pretty big house go ahead <laughs> Yeah, so next up, we're going to talk about the Biltmore Estate in Asheville, North Carolina. So, the Biltmore Estate is probably one of the most popular landmarks in all of North Carolina. But aside from being a beautiful place to visit, it is also said to be one of the most haunted buildings in North Carolina. Okay. The former owner of the estate, George Vanderbilt, died in the property in the early 1900s. And his death seems to have left a mark on the building. It has been said that in the library, visitors are sometimes able to hear the sound of his wife, uh, his wife whispering to him during his final hours. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's creepy. Um, of course, considering the fact that at 250 rooms, the Biltmore Estate is America's largest home. As you might expect, this is by no means the only haunting on the property. Right. So, so Paul's right there. 250 rooms in this house. Bro. <laughs> there are hotels that don't even have 250 rooms. Right. So. That's crazy. What do you need? What do you need 250 rooms for if you're building a house? Right. Dude, like, I'm I can't even like I don't even know what to do with the damn nine rooms I have here in this new house. You know what I mean? So Right. I mean, in my house there's 
three bedrooms, two baths, a kitchen, a living room, my office, uh, and a washroom. Right. Uh, and I'm just like, why? Why do you need more? <laughs> yeah, right. So, like, like I got, like I got three beds, like a three bedroom, two full size baths, big kitchen, a big living room, which is connected to the dining room. And then the the closets are connecting bedrooms together, and then we got this where where I'm at right now, my uh, man cave slash podcast studio. Um, you know, I mean. I could barely keep up with what's... Dude, could you imagine the people who had to clean that big motherfucker? It takes well, more than one person. It's got to be. It has to be more than one person. <laughs> I mean, they ain't doing it. One, but like, man, this is bullshit. Hire me some people. All right. Anyway, all right, uh, and you go ahead. Yeah, so there are reports of a headless cat wandering around the property at night. Okay. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> A headless, will, there's a I lot will, of headless people on this countdown. That. Yes, I will repeat that. <laughs> there are reports of a headless cat wandering around the property at night, and some people have heard disembodied voices in the swimming pool room, along with splashes and laughing. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, this seems appropriate given that Edith Vanderbilt was well known for hosting epic pool parties. Ah. There are also reports of a woman's voice, presumably Edith, his wife, calling out George's name throughout the house. Interesting. So you could just be walking, like, and it's like, George, George. And it's like, uh, what if it really was a guy named George that was walking through there? You're like, uh, hi, uh, I'm George. What, what do you need? You know, right? Yeah, and then you fuck around and say that, and then she like appear in front of you, like, "I need you to go to the grocery store." Here's the honeydew list or some shit like that. <laughs> ah, we try to keep it funny. <laughs> yep. But anyway, so nah, nah, this uh, uh, it's great. Two hundred fifty rooms, bro. Yeah. Uh, what drew my attention is a headless cat walking a around. Headless Come cat. on now, dude. I've never like. Blackbeard's headless looking for his head. There's a headless cat. There's a damn dog chasing. Like this, North Carolina's got a lot of crazy shit. <laughs> yes. A lot of crazy shit. All right. Well, let's continue the crazy shit. Yep. This is. You got next. Got next. It is Old Days. It's Old Davis Hospital. And this is in Statesville, North Carolina. Hospitals are always a hotbed for paranormal activity. And Davis Hospital in Statesville is certainly no exception. It was once a fully functional hospital that operated for around six decades, but now it stands empty and has earned a reputation for being one of the most haunted abandoned places in North Carolina. Visitors say, <clears throat> excuse me, visitors say that even on the hottest days at the height of summer, the interior in the old Davis hospital is unnaturally cold. It is also cloaked in, in an, overriding feeling of despair and dread one of the most haunted areas of the hospital seems to be uh the former pediatric ward where people have heard babies crying and also where people have a strong malevolent presence hmm. I, I, what, what do i always say on this on the on this series 
Don't fuck with the kids. I can't fuck with the, no. You can't fuck with the kids, man. You know, <laughs> kids. Like to me, like anytime, and I guess it's like if you hear a baby crying, like my fatherly instincts is like, oh, don't cry, it's okay, you know. Like that's my fatherly instincts immediately take over, you know. Um, All right. Yeah. So, so how are you feeling about this one? Um, I mean, as with anything, when it deals to, with kids, you know, like you said, my fatherly instincts take over. But it's also kind of eerie to hear um, kids, you know, screaming and crying um, and then to feel a malevolent presence there. Right. So you hear the kids crying, but then you also feel this like presence of evil. Right. uh, At the same time, you're like, whoa, what the fuck is going on? Right. That's always scary. Anytime, you know. Um, yeah, uh, speaking of a, uh, malevolent presence, you got next? I do. Next up, we're going to talk about the Devil's Tramping Ground, and this is in Chatham County, North Carolina. So, just about 50 miles outside of Greensboro, you will find an area known as the Devil's Tramping Ground. As the name suggests, it is said to be a place where the devil himself manifests and goes on to wreak havoc on earth in over a yes very interesting um so it says that in over a century so in over a hundred years nothing has been able to grow in this 40-foot circle said to be worn into the ground from the devil pacing in a circle every night while pondering what sort of mischief he can get up to huh that's that's uh, a little eerie and interesting at the same time. Yeah. Uh, it says there have been reports of animal carcasses surrounding the path that leads to the spot. It is also said that if you place an item in the circle, it will have vanished by the following morning. Oh, shit. That's scary. <laughs> so I wonder if anybody's ever put up like a trail cam and put something in this spot. And like, just watch to see what right. happens. Yeah, I mean, you would th- what, hell the trail, but then you go back to get the trail cam, and then the, the camera's gone. Then what do you do? I mean, then you're I like, mean, all right, I'm done. Right? <laughs> yeah, you know no more devil hunting. Hell, I wouldn't want to fuck with that either. You know what I'm nope. saying? So. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but that's. Yeah. I'm not bad. Something scared the shit out of me. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I'm, I'm all the way here in the back room and I can hear thuds and shit. And I'm like, who the fuck is out of their bed? It's probably my son running around back and forth. Oh, I'm he sure. Yet. His ass needs to go to bed. It's 10 o'clock. He got school in the morning. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, but the thought that the devil is pacing in this 40-foot circle. And if you're like, you know, just a typical hiker or jogger whatever you know and you're actually just you know jogging not even paying attention and you know you go into this place and you don't even know that it's it and it's like oh like i mean have there been reports of people saying that oh i seen this or you know something along those lines I mean, somebody would have had to have seen something in order to report this you know right so but yeah this one that one's creepier than shit <laughs> so 
the next one that we're going to be talking about is the Brown Mountain Lights. This is in Linville, North Carolina. Now, the Brown Mountain Lights were first spotted by Native Americans and have been at the center of a great debate ever since. The strange, unexplained lights appear after sunset and they rise above the mountain peak and usually change size, shape, and color. The best spots to view them are in Linville, Blue Ridge Parkway, and Wise Man's Gap. The U.S. Geological Survey has dismissed the, the phenomena as marsh gas, despite the fact that there are no known marshes in that particular area. There have been various different suggestions made to explain the lights, including everything from ghosts to even aliens. So now we're getting into the alien conversation on this episode. All I mean, right. Now, in terms of the ghostly explanation, there are two main stories that have often put that are often put forward. The first suggests that the lights are Native American maidens who are searching for their lost warriors who died in a great in the great battle between the Cherokee and the uh, Chitabra tribes. The other tale suggests that the lights are actually a lantern carried by a slave who ser who searched the mountains for his lost master, an explorer who went missing on the mountain. Wow. Very right. interesting. Um, yeah. So so what are you thinking right now? What, what you got? What, what's, what's going on in that brain of yours? Um, well, <laughs> I mean... Oh, people just disappear. There's a there's a problem there, <laughs> right? Uh, how did he How did he disappear? Uh, was he eaten by a bear or something? You know what I mean, right? And they, but see, I do find it as like oh, they dismiss it as marsh gas, but there's right. more marsh that grows in the area. So how can it be marsh gas if it doesn't? You know. If it's not in the area, you know what I mean. That's like that's like explaining it's like <coughs> it's like it's like hey, why do you, why is there blonde hair in these in this uh in this in this comb? I don't know. Well, you got black hair. How the blonde hair get there? I don't know. All right. No, who the fuck's been in this house? <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> All right. But yeah, I mean the ghostly explanations though. I mean they do they do kind of make sense with you know the Native American maidens. Searching for their lost warriors because Cherokee, you know, you know, Lynn, Blue Ridge, uh, Parkway, and stuff like that, all geometrically close to where the Cherokee Indians lived, you know, and you know, Cherokee Indians, you know, are probably I, I was gonna say probably the biggest tribe in North Carolina, maybe. So I think so. Yeah. So you know, they could be. You know, the, the, the idea of the Native American maidens and their spirits looking for their lost warriors, that kind of kind of blends into you like, OK, that would because there's so many Native American um, cultures and traditions, especially like when like when me like when me and Amy um, a couple we've done it a couple of times. We went to um, uh, the Smokies, we went to Cherokee, North Carolina, which is every night um, they would have like a group of tourists or whatever get together and they like have a bonfire. And right. they tell the story about the Cherokee, you know, nation and people like that. 
And then most of the time people will break off and go to their campgrounds or they'll go break break off and go into like the downtown portion of Cherokee where they have the Harris Casino and then they go gamble and, you know, drink and, you know, go to the parties or whatever. Um, but it's very like even you being there, I mean, it, it's so quiet. It's almost it's it's it's, it's like, man, and it, at nighttime, you hear like yelling and screaming and stuff, but it's like, oh, we're, we're the, the the campgrounds next to a trailer park. You're going to hear some screaming, uh, you know. Um, exactly. But, but yeah, I mean, this one does kind of, I, I personally think maybe this holds a little bit of weight because the Cherokee Indians are very, 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 very well connected to their ancestors. So that's probably, you know, what they would f- be feeling more. You see, you see what I'm saying? So no, no, I guarantee, I I agree. Yeah. So, all right, you got the next one, Bubba. I do. Next up is uh, Grove Park Inn, and this is in Asheville, North Carolina. Back to Asheville um, again. <clears throat> yep. So one of the most beloved hotels in the South, the Grove Park Inn Resort, is also one of the most haunted. So the Pink Lady is the hotel's most famous ghost. And she has been haunting the hotel for more than half a century. So oh, wow. More than more than 50 years. Um, there's not much detail about who the pink, pink lady is. However, it is said that she is the ghost of a young woman who fell her, to her death in 1920 at the Palm Court Atrium. Ah. It is said that she fell to her death from room 545. Ooh, so that's it. So that's five stories right there. Normally they normal normally they they uh they uh name they number the rooms, you know, 500 and then 1 2 3 4 5 whatever. Right. Um so five normally means fifth floor. So I mean, she fell from the fifth floor balcony. I mean, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So a contractor hired to repair the hotel felt the presence of the pink lady and got cold chills on his way to the atrium, as well as a tugging on his ear. He ran as fast as he possibly could. Uh, Yeah, he ran as fast as he possibly could, terrified. Needless to say, since then, he has never attempted to enter the room again. I mean... Yeah, I, if I felt some tugging on my ear, I probably wouldn't try to go into right. that room or area again. Shit, you uh, take me to church. <laughs> that's right. Uh, many similar reports have also been made of strange feelings and the sensation of being touched. Mm. Guests have also reported having encountered the pink lady. A female guest reported hearing guests checking into the room next door to her at approximately midnight and felt that her hand was being held. Oh, shit. (laughs) Okay. Um, It was not her husband since he was on the other side of the bed. The sensation of the warm hand then suddenly disappeared. Uh, She asked the front desk clerk the next morning and was told that there was no one in the room. She was also told that she must have held the hand of the pink lady. Um, Fuck. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I'm, 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 I promise you, if done. I'm laying in bed, yes, done. If I'm laying in bed and I feel this 
the sensation of a hand in my hand and it's not my other hand or my wife's hand or one of my children's hand <clears throat> i'm like baby get up we got to go we're <laughs> done here <laughs> and jesse's gonna be like huh what what's going on i'm like look somebody just grabbed my hand and i'm out you can stay here if you want to. I'm gonna go sleep in the car. You know what? So you know, you know what would be fucked up if she goes. What are you talking about? You're holding my hand now. No, the fuck, I'm not. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotta continue because this is. <laughs> uh, so other reports of the pink lady typically involve a pink mist that has been seen to flow along the hallways of the hotel. And its grounds. There are countless paranormal occurrences that all center around the pink lady. But one thing that people often say is the spirit seems gentle, whoever she is. Hmm. So it's more of a it's more of a comforting spirit, maybe? That's what it seems like. Yeah. I mean, um, granted, I mean, that feeling of being touched, you know. You know, I mean, a general, I mean, because, I mean, Jesus, I mean, that's, I mean, we, we always, we joke around, you know, oh, hey, Casper, the friendly ghost, you know, but right. you don't know if it's a friendly ghost, you know, you know, exactly. like, I mean, you could listen to like all these different ghost hunter, you know, shows and things like that. And that there's some that's like, you know, that they, they're, you know, some, especially when this is like the EVBs, um, some are like cross for desperation then others are like threats to get out. And then some are just like, hello, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, are you here to hurt us? Of course not. <laughs> you know, you know, it's like, what's your name? And, uh, you know, like, hey, Bobby or some shit, you know, um, I can't remember what episode. I don't think it was Ghost Hunters. I think it was a Ghost Adventures on Travel Channel. Um, that may have been what it was. I have to go back and find it, research it. But anyway, um, <laughs> but yeah, that's, um, yeah, I don't know if I, I, I I would I would freak out definitely if something like that happened. But if they're saying that she's a gentle spirit, I mean I ain't saying I'm going back to sleep. I am saying that I'm yeah I'm gone. Right. So a little bit of history about the Grove Park Inn, real quick. It was built by Edwin Wiley Grove and Fred Loring Sealing, uh, his son-in-law. Grove owned the Paris Medicine Company. When he got sick, his doctor sent him to Asheville, North Carolina to recuperate. They believed that the state's climate would benefit him greatly. Grove acquired properties and construction of the hotel then began and was completed just 11 months, 27 days later. The hotel's furnishings were purchased from Roy Crafts of New York. And during the Second World War, the hotel was used as a center for Axis diplomats the inn was then used as a recovery center for sailors, and the Philippine government during exile also used the presidential cottage. In 1955, the Grove Park Inn was then purchased by Salmons Enterprises. Its new owners, Mr. and Mrs. Salmons, have extensive renovations done to the hotel and promoted it. Uh, in 2012, the hotel was acquired by KSL Resorts. Hmm. It is situated two miles from downtown Asheville. Um, <clears throat> it is situated from 
two miles from downtown Asheville, North Carolina, Grove Park Inn Resorts gives guests southern hospitality and charm. The inn has charming rooms and suites, which have views of the beautiful fairways and mountains in the surrounding area. The historic main inn will help you feel the unique character and vintage details of the rooms. Club floor accommodates or club floor accommodations are perfect for couples who are on a honeymoon or couples who are looking forward to spending quality time with one another. Right. The, the concierge service is an is also ideal for business travelers. All rooms are large and have spacious living areas. Bathrooms are spa-like with seven jet hydro showers for a waterfall effect. I need this in my life. I want that. Yes, absolutely. I, I need that. That's how, uh, that's how, one, that sounds like that sounds like Randall Brown's bathroom. Rest exactly. Uh, one thing which makes the hotel exceptional from others is the fact that four-legged friends are welcome in the Grove Park Inn. Guests have several options when it comes to restaurants. Uh, the Blue Ridge Dining Room offers creative, fresh, and sumptuous cuisine from Southern America with products sourced from local farmers. The restaurant's award-winning seafood buffet is a must-try. For people who enjoy good food and great scenes, Sunset Terrace is recommended. The classic steak and seafood restaurant offers breathtaking views of the sunset, and the award-winning Horizons Dining Room offers contemporary American cuisine from the a la carte menu. Oh, wow. So, um, amenities that are featured are high-speed wireless internet access, complimentary toiletries, in-room dining, clock radio, bathrobes, pay-per-view movies, daily housekeeping, a hairdryer, a microwave, iron and ironing board, spa facilities and treatment, and a telephone with voicemail. Well, there you go. Mm -hmm. That is crazy. So, so uh, with all that being said, how do you feel about the pink lady? Uh, hopefully she's nice and hopefully she won't scare the shit out of me when I open my eyes and think who the fuck is holding my hand. Then again, she may disappear the moment I open my eyes. Who knows? Um, right. Um, uh, yeah, that would be, that'd be, that'd be when you read accommodations are the perfect for perfect for couples who are on a honeymoon, uh, or couples who want to spend quality time with one another. What if this horny couple get and get the room with the pink lady in it? Then what happens? <laughs> that ectoplasm exactly. on the wall? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway. No, I mean, it's an interesting thought. Um, but even though, I mean, but still, I mean, that's still a scary thing to think about, though, that somebody, uh, that that another presence is in the room with you. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Yeah. No matter what, whether it's friendly or not friendly, that's still uh, uh, off-putting. Yeah, exactly. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So the last one we're going to be talking about this evening is the Cape Hattera. Let me try this one more time. Yep, so you were right. Cape Hatteras. Yeah, Hatteras. Cape Hatteras Lighthouse. And this is in Luxton. I'm, I'm sorry, Buxton, North Carolina. And Chip, you know how I feel about lighthouses, you know. Um, yep. So it's basically entitled The Graveyard of the Atlantic. 
On July 10th, 1794, Congress Congress financed a $44,000 to be used in the construction of a lighthouse on Hatteras Island, one of the many barrier islands making up the outer bank of North Carolina. This area of the Atlantic Ocean happens to be where two different currents converge, making storms and rough seas more common. In fact, the waters surrounding Cape Cape Hatteras Lighthouse have been nicknamed the Graveyard of the Atlantic for centuries. The two currents, the warm Gulf Stream and the cool Labrador Current, uh, constantly shift the sandbars, and it becomes increasingly common for ships to become grounded, especially at night. Thus, the lighthouse was constructed in 1802. Yet, despite those looming... uh, uh, statues or st- statuette, whatever that word is. Um, sailors found the light to be quite lacking. It was often hard to see. The sea continued to be predictable and treacherous. Some historians estimate that as many as 5,000 ships have either sank or have been completely destroyed within the region. Many lives have been lost. In 1862, the Hatteras Lighthouse became targeted as a result of the, of the Civil War. Soldiers climbed up to the top of the tower and proceeded to destroy the lens and lanterns. The new lighthouse was constructed in 1870 and cost $167,000. The original lighthouse was destroyed in the winter of 1871. The last remnants of the first Camp Hatteras Lighthouse Cape Lighthouse, Lighthouse washed into the sea during the storm of the century. During during a storm, over a century later, the tower, along with the keeper's uh, modest quarters, were constructed entirely out of brick, one million two hundred and fifty thousand uh, bricks were used to complete the two uh, two hundred and ten foot building, t- ten foot tower making the new Hatteras Lighthouse the tallest brick structure in the United States at that point in history. You still with me so far? I'm still with you. By 1919, it became increasingly clear that the beautiful new lighthouse was in danger of being destroyed. Over, Over time, the Atlantic had slowly began to eat away at the beach. In 1919, the ocean was a mere 120 feet away from the base of the lighthouse. In 1935, the ocean finally crept up onto the tower. Several different attempts were made to control the incoming sea, but to no avail. The tower was, uh, excuse me, the tower with a light beacon was therefore constructed and built on top a large sand dune 166 feet above sea level. The lighthouse was officially out of commission. Now, in 1942, it served an entirely different purpose. German U-boats that began to attack nearby ships, so the Coast Guard used the lighthouse as a lookout station for the next three years. Gradually, sand was uh, painstakingly added around the lighthouse, pushing the shoreline back somewhere between 500 and 900 feet. And on January 23rd, 1950, the Cape Hatteras Lighthouse was once more used as a safeguard passing ships. 
1999, it was quite clear that the lighthouse was in danger of the approaching sea once more. This damn lighthouse can't catch a break. Uh, nope. The waves were merely were, were a mere 15 feet away. A local company was hired to find a way to move the entire structure to a safe ground. The lighthouse, which weighs 5,000 tons, was transported to the southwest and is currently 1,500 feet away from the shore. So there's that. Right. So now, now that I've read all that, I'm going to read the mystery of the Deering. Now, the Carol A. Deering is one ship that endured a mysterious tragedy not far away from Cape Hatteras's lighthouse. In early January of 1921, the ship set sail for Barbados. Several ships reported that the uh, schooner was acting strangely and had somehow lost its anchors. Time out. How do you lose an anchor? That's what I was fixing to say. How do you lose? Anchors are freaking huge, heavy. How do you lose an anchor? You know what? Let's continue. (laughs) On the morning... On the morning of January 31st, a Cape Hatteras Coast Guard saw the ship grounded in the Atlantic graveyard. Investigating the ship took several attempts due to a storm that was passing through. When local officials were finally able to safely reach the boat, they left with it. They left with more questions than they did with answers. There was no sign of any crew member whatsoever. The anchors Navigational equipment and the crew's belong and the crew's belongings were all missing, and were all, and so were all of the lifeboats. A large meal had been made and sat out on a table, but was left abandoned. So at least the food was still there. <laughs> so, to this day, nobody is certain what happened on board the Daring. Many suspect that the ship became overrun with pirates who killed the entire crew and took whatever they wished. Others hoped that the crew members were able to flee in the missing lifeboats. But the extreme weather during the time suggests that the crew members probably succumbed to their death even if they had got, they would have come, they would have got, they would have died even if they did get away from whatever was going on. We will sadly likely probably never know. But many wonder if the souls of the Deering crew linger in this area in the hopes that someday they will be put to rest. So, how are you feeling about that particular story of the Deering? Um, I, I, it's, it's interesting. Um, I do want to know what happened. And like you said, we will obviously probably never know. But um, stuff like that is, is always interesting to me. Right. Uh, two more little uh, hauntings. Um, the first is going to be the Gray Man. Now, since the early 1900s, locals have reported seeing a dead man wandering around Cape, uh, wandering around the lighthouse. They have deemed him the Gray Man due to the gray tones in which he appears. He always shows up near the coastline, right along the first rains of the upcoming storm. Nearby residents have stated that he never lingers for long he appears and then disappears as soon as the waves crash against the beach while the sudden apparition is frightening to some people who live on the island 
have come to rely on this gray man as almost an impromptu meteorologist. He has a tendency to show up whenever the oncoming storm is approaching. Locals believe that he is there to simply forewarn the living about the future storms. Oh, interesting. interesting. That that one's interesting because the gray man, like, you know, that's one of those like, oh, okay, this is kind of scary, you know, but is like, oh, no, oh, that's just a gray man. He's letting us know that the storm's coming. How do you know a storm's coming? Lightning strikes. Oh, shit. Okay. Right. How did you know? Gray man's out there. Like, who the fuck's gray man? You know, but anyway. So, how are you feeling about this one? Uh, I, I like it. Um, it's, it's definitely interesting. You know, like you said, how does he know that the storm's coming? Uh, obviously, if he's a spirit, you know, he can sense certain things that we can't right and stuff like that so yeah i mean with that i mean but that's like if like i mean there was um you know there was there was there was this girl who was blind uh that i went to school with and they were we were all uh like i had a science class with her she was she walked in the classroom and she took a big sniff she goes i think it's fixing to rain and i'm like well you're inside how would you know that you know she's like i just got a funny feeling it's gonna rain i'm like "Uh, okay like I shit you not, ten minutes later, it's pouring down rain, and I was like, "How does she know this?" You know, because her sense of smell is, got heightened or whatever. You know, exactly. She just, smell, she just smelled it coming. Um, so the last thing we were going to talk about is the ghost cat. So we've had a haunted dog, a headless cat, and then we're talking about the ghost cat. All right. The most famous ghost <laughs> on Cape Hatteras is. Not a human, but a dead cat. The black and white feline began appearing over a hundred years ago, serenading near the lighthouse tower. Every year, hundreds of people flock to the outer banks to enjoy the array of beaches and local attractions, including going to the lighthouse. Several tourists encountered a very friendly cat while visiting the grounds. Not remotely shy, the cat will walk up to visitors and intertwine its body around the legs like cats do. You know how cats do. Right. Silently asking to be petted. Visitors would dote on the cat, but anyone who tried to pick the cat up would grab nothing but air. Locals believe that the cat once belonged to one of the keepers of the lighthouse several years ago. He was struck. I'm sorry. Yeah, he has stuck around post death to protect and enjoy the beautiful lighthouse. So, could you imagine that you're go you're you're on a like vacation or something? You're looking at this, you know, big ass tower, and it's like, oh, that's pretty cool, you know. Hey, kitty, how you kid? Where'd the fucking cat go? Where'd that damn cat go? You know, right. you're looking at you like, what cat? There was no cat over here. Like, y'all seen that fucking cat? It was a white and black cat. I seen this shit, you know. Next thing you know, it's like, cuckoo, cuckoo, cuckoo. This motherfucker needs to go to bed, <laughs> you know. That one was, yeah, that one was, whew. what do you think about this one? Um, again, pretty interesting. Uh, you know, obviously, if, if I'm walking around and there's a cat, I always, like, I'm a cat person. Right. So I, I always am like, you know, here, kitty, 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 try to get the cat to come up to me or whatnot. Um, and I've, I've been bitten, scratched by 
more cats than I care to to name because right. of that. Maggie, Sasha, Dolly, Rusty, all of them. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, uh, I I would be the one who's like, you know, here, kitty, kitty, come here, come here, try to pet this cat, and you know, as it's coming and it just disappears, like I'm I'm done, <laughs> right? I am done. I'm like, baby, it's time to go. Why? It's time to go. Yep. Why? What's wrong? Well, you see, there was this cat, and I tried to get it to come up and pet me, or so I could pet it, and um, it just disappeared. She was like, like it ran away? No. No, no, it just fucking disappeared. It just disappeared into thin air. Like it was there, and then it was gone. Yeah, it was was right here, and now it's not here no more. But anyway. (laughs) All right, Bubba. So, out of all the ones we've talked about tonight, we ain't got to go through all of them all over again. Give me the three that you found the most interesting. Um. Okay. In no particular order, Grove Park Inn, uh, for sure. Okay. Uh, that's the one with the pink lady. Yep. Uh, from there, uh, the Devil's Tramping Ground. Right. And. Uh. It would have to be probably the USS North Carolina. Right. I like all three of those, but I'm going to throw another one in. Lydia's Bridge in Greensboro. That one's, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. That would be my fourth. <laughs> yeah, that one freaked me out from the standpoint that you pick somebody up, you take them home, you look in the back, and these, these this motherfucker's gone. Like, where the fuck did you go? Where well, Now where am I? My GPS ain't working no more. Shit! <laughs> so, Yeah. That one, that one was was an interesting one to me. Um, yeah. All of them, I think there were some that see, and that's the one thing about like I enjoy looking up all the different things. I just wish that they would put more detail in some of them because some of them are just like, oh, disembodied voices, you know, things going off and on by itself, you know. And it's like I I, I want to hear specifics, you know what I mean? Like I'm real big on specifics and being punctual, you know. So, yes, um, you know, but. Nevertheless, I did enjoy this episode of The Hauntings of. I uh, hope you guys did enjoy this episode as well. Um, you know, North Carolina, I'm sure we'll be back in North Carolina at some point in our lives. Um, I don't know if I'm, I'm going to go see the pink lady, you know, but definitely going to, you know, try to make it back up there as soon as I can. Um, exactly. That being said, though, um, thank you guys for tuning into this episode of The Hauntings of. Chip, anything you want to sh- tell the people before we get out here today? Uh movementradio.us that is your one-stop shop for all things movement radio absolutely and go check out the patreon channel um got a lot of cool things going on there uh, we got you know back more battle topics coming up um and again you go check out our previous <laughs> episodes go check out the archives um yeah we're just really happy and we can't thank you guys enough as of this recording we are well over well over 10,000 uh, downloads, and we thank you guys so much for just the love and support that you guys have given us. Uh, that being said, we will take it to ne- – uh, in two weeks from tonight, we will be uh, giving you guys the hauntings of North Dakota. That should be an interesting one. Um, yes. So – because, you know, it's mostly it's, – it's, it's, there's nothing in North Dakota, but we'll try to find something that's haunting uh, up there. Uh, that being said, thank you guys so much. We love you, and we'll see you guys next time on another episode of The Hauntings Of right here on Movement Radio. Chip, let's hit them with the outro. 
Please do not leave without leaving a like, comment, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Go to the YouTube channel, subscribe, click that bell to get notified of our latest videos. Patreon.com, movementradio.us. I am Chip Hazard. And I am Talon Williams. And this is Movement Radio. God's plan.